And welcome back to another fascinating episode of the Forever Broken Podcast, where we ask the big questions. And boy, do I got a doozy for you tonight. If vaginas aren't supposed to smell like a tuna sandwich, then why is tuna sub spelled backwards, bus a nut? And those are the big That's questions amazing. we ask here. I am Derek Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. TJ Davidson. What's up, guys? And we have very, very special guest, Chody Struess here tonight joining <laughs> us. Uh, if you can't put two and two together, it's Cody, but we're calling Chody for this episode. So, Got a new nickname tonight, guys. I appreciate it. Here and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I, th I thought TJ was saying something. TJ, did you? Were you? Oh, no, I was just saying we're, we're here for him, you know? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So we don't have to go uh, very, very special, but yeah, yeah, well, you know, mostly <laughs> I, special. I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate. Well, why don't special. you introduce yourself to uh, everyone and kind of tell us a little bit about what you do? All right. So my name is Cody Struess. Uh, let's see. Right now, I uh, I work for UNL. Uh, I have a position with. University of Nebraska Lincoln. That's it's a field training specialist. Uh, what I do with that is I help train uh, new uh, Department of Health and Human Services, Child Protective Services people. Uh, through this job, I'm also attempting to break out and train uh, more law enforcement officers. In uh, um, I, I think more trying to get training set up with the university and training guys how to talk to child victims uh do some different domestic violence training and stuff like that from an outside perspective that's not necessarily law enforcement specifics focused um i am also part-time because i have to maintain my certification to do my unl job if i break into the law enforcement training aspect so uh i do uh, i work for Kearney county a small county in nebraska uh, as a deputy, um, if we want to break into all of my jobs, I can, but we won't. Before this, I, I worked in CPS for about 10 years. Uh, before that, I worked on a youth psychiatric ward for a few years before that. Uh, I've worked with kids for a long time, which is really good because I'm really fucking immature. So, yeah, yeah it well. makes sense. So you should be able I to mean, you know, deal with us pretty, I can, pretty fair. Yeah, you can relate. I can relate. I can relate absolutely 100%. That's fantastic. So, man. yeah, that's me, man. Yeah, you've gotten to do a that's lot of shit. Initial. I mean, it sounds like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I went to school, was a double major in sports administration and exercise science. You think I'm using really any of that shit? Fuck no. Nope. <laughs> I, am a, I am a personal trainer on the side, too. So, I do oh, do that geez. a little bit. But God, you're just like, out here slamming weights and slamming yeah, bodies. You know, yeah, well, <laughs> not so much anymore. <laughs> well, just so you I have an idea, away from that. just so you have an idea who I am, Cody. Uh, my name is TJ Davidson, and I drink beer and film little podcasts here and there. Post <laughs> dank ass fucking memes on Facebook. And, uh, that's about <laughs> it. So we're both doing great things, you know. <laughs> yeah, great things. Great yeah. things. Love it. You're doing so much more than either of us. It's just fantastic. Uh, Combined. Let's not go that far. 
Let's not go that far. I'm not doing anything anymore, man. I'm just trying to stand up on a day-to-day basis. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, yeah, me too. It's hard. That <laughs> fell over, actually, earlier. I got it's going to be hard my... for me to stand up after sitting here drinking all night. But... <laughs> <laughs> so with the Child Protective Services, you said you did that for 10 years, and then you got to kind yeah. of have the uh, experience, and you said you, said you were with like kids' uh, behavioral health kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, really what happened was is when I finished up with college, uh, I decided I was going to try and start my own gym and fell and flat just, on my fucking oh, I was going to say it just filled up with retards and you had to deal with it? I, no, you know what? <laughs> I was the only fucking retard that decided I was going to try and start a gym and realized how difficult that was. It's, it's one of those, hey, let's put all my fucking eggs in one basket and see what happens. So... Like that didn't go very far. So then like getting out of college, I just tried to find whatever job I could take. I was working at a lumber yard for a little while and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I can't do this. So I applied for every fucking job I could and ended up getting a job at a youth psychiatric ward, like an acute psychiatric ward. So that's, that's, that's what got me my start in, I guess the direction that I went from that point. So which honestly, guys, like, that was a fun job. Like it really was. Like you dealt with the bad, and the bad was bad. I mean, there's kids trying to commit suicide and like all sorts of bad shit like that. Like it. I mean, the bad was bad. But honestly, dude, like all I got to do was go play video games and basketball and play catch and like interact with kids pretty much all day. Bro, so, to be fair, I actually. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was fun as hell. Like, I honestly, I enjoyed that job. Like, I did. But Nebraska got away from, like, psychiatric wards of any type for kids. So I was there for, like, a year and a half. And all of that got shut down and layoffs started to happen. So I went to – I moved on to, like, a rehabilitate – like, a a juvenile rehabilitation like it's called YRTC. You probably know what it is, Derek, in Nebraska and Kearney. Uh, I moved on to there. I was there for like six months. I, the job was fine, but fucking hated the hours and stuff. So again, I just tried to apply for whatever positions I could. And there was a CPS position, and somehow they thought that I was qualified to do that shit. So I, I really like that you had a double major in like sports science kind of stuff. And you end up going into completely left field with it. They're oh, like, dude. they're like, it's, yeah, yeah, sports science, child protect, yeah, yeah, it works. Hey, it's close, right? I mean, we're close. We're we're dealing with the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude. I, I, I should have, I should have been like where I probably was from my high school juvenile days, but. Like where I was working, so it probably made me a little bit better at that job. But well, <laughs> once yeah. again, you can relate. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. man, hundred percent, hundred percent. I can tell you, so. in my experience, just going to like behavioral health units. Period. They're actually a lot of fun. Like oh, 100%. if you get if you get past you know some of the weird people. Uh, <laughs> no, not, some of the weird people are the most interesting ones. Oh, they're man. so fun. Like you said, I'm sure there's not any, any weird guys? people in behavioral health units. 
No, they were they were a lot of fun, man. Uh, like I know the behavioral health unit up here has like ping pong and cornhole and foosball and like. Oh yeah. It's just like you just get to hang out and like they put try to create a stress free environment, which is I think the best you can do when you have that many like stressed out to the max people in one right. area. Honestly, while I was there, that's kind of what I thought. Like a lot of times it was just like, I, I felt like sometimes the kids were doing better by just not having anything to deal with. Like just being yeah. in a war, like being there, talking to other adults, other kids, playing video games, just relaxing, takes their mind off of all that shit that they're dealing with in real fucking life, you know? So like, I, it just seemed like a lot of kids were doing a lot better by just hanging out with other people that have some problems once in a while and being able to talk to them about that. Like I learned a lot there. Like that, that was one of the most rewarding jobs I've ever had, like 100%. And I mean, that's doing the other shit that I've done for so long. Like I did not want to quit that job. Like I enjoyed that job a lot. Oh, I don't blame well, you. That, that, that makes a lot of sense to me though. Cause I've had, I got a lot of people that ask me, they're like, well, so why is it that veterans are killing themselves more frequently than active service members. So like pretty much like they're asking why don't they kill themselves as soon as they get back from Afghanistan or like, why don't they do it while they're over there and stuff like that? And I'm like, well, you know, when, when you think about it, it's, you don't really have other, like all you, all your only thing you have to worry about is just staying alive and doing what the fuck you're told while you're there. You know what I mean? Doing what you're supposed to do and that's it. So you don't have any other like real world responsibilities and I understand that doesn't go for everybody because, you know, I, I was single when I went over there, so I didn't have a wife or kids or anything like I do now. So I didn't have right. those those extra stressors on me, you know, and I didn't have anything that, um, you know, I had a family, you know, like mom, dad, and brothers and sisters. But, you know, I didn't have any, like, responsibilities while I was there other than just being there, not getting killed, and doing what the fuck I was supposed to do. And that goes for everybody that's there, though, is – it doesn't really matter what rank you are because there's always somebody above you. So you're always getting your orders from them and then just, they tell you what to do and then you do what you're told, whether it be telling other people what to do or, you know, getting this convoy ready or whatever it is. So, I mean, hell, as long as you just wake up on time and do what the fuck you're supposed to do every day, that's really the only thing you have to worry about. You know what I mean? Right. So, but then yeah. whenever you, they get out of that situation and they come home, and they get out of the military. Now there's, you know, we don't communicate properly with, you know, regular people like civilians and stuff because we call everybody, hey, motherfucker, you know, and that's like, <laughs> right. or someone say something about bitch, listen. And yeah. like, that just doesn't really. You nasty, heinous piece of shit. Yeah, of you face. are fucking disgusting right now. <laughs> and it could be, it could be over something stupid. Like, oh, you know, you forgot to bring your pencil. Really, that's fucking, you're a piece of shit. Like, you know to bring your goddamn fucking pencil. You know what I mean? But so right. that's kind of the, that's, that's kind of like my point on that aspect of it is that if, if you don't really have anything to really worry about other than do what you do every day anyways, and then just don't get fucking killed and wait for your instructions on what to do, then. It's pretty easy. I mean, there's nothing you don't have to worry about a whole lot, really. See, That's, and and my thing is like, like I always try to think 
like how you guys are like where how you guys are wired and stuff like that and obviously i have no fucking idea but i always try to like figure that out and my thing was like always when i was talking to like veterans with like epcs or something like that like trying to figure out if there's more that i needed to do i was always like trying to figure out like what's like what's going on with you like what what are your thoughts and like i always like is it is it a different purpose or is it that you don't have the same purpose that you had like that was always like questions that i would have you know like like you said like when you're overseas or when you're doing stuff it's like hey stay alive make sure other people stay alive and do what i'm told and then you come here and to me i was like are you like alone in your thoughts like is it is it that type of thing where you don't have to think about that other shit that all that nasty shit sinks in like so another thing that that i'll add into that is like while you're there you have to realize like your coworkers aren't just coworkers they're your best friends right. and you've you've literally like you you go to work every day with these people you eat lunch you eat breakfast lunch dinner with these people you fucking live with these people you sleep next to them like every oh, night master, you masturbate like, with them yeah you, you know <laughs> you look at them while you're doing it you yeah, know hell yeah. yeah you give them a hand if they need it whatever fucking sometimes yeah. you tired but anyway <laughs> like it's you, you are there with these people like 24/7 so you're you're experiencing the same the same highs, the same lows, you're going through the same bullshit and you're having the same good times. And there's just a like you hear like the brotherhood or the camaraderie of it. You know, because that's that's how like that's how humans form bonds is by dealing with the same shit for a period of time and just that's that's why that's the whole that's the cohesion aspect of it, you know. And then whenever you get out of that and you and you go home, you know, like shit. All my friends are from Nebraska or California, Maryland. I live in Oklahoma, dude. Like, I'm way the fuck away from most of them. You know, Nebraska is not that far, but I still can't just on a weekend go up to Nebraska because you know I got shit to do here too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a kind of a culture shock all, all the way around. Another- like you, Another thing that they, you know, I think they're trying to hit on a little bit more now is just the lack of, like, training. When you're in the military, you are absolutely not trained to be, like, efficient out in the world on your own. Right. Yeah, not even a little bit. Right. I mean, your meals are fucking taken care of. Everything, your bills are fucking pretty much taken care of. The only bill you can re- you really fucking have to worry about is like a phone bill if you want a phone, you know, shit like that. You yeah, don't car have, payment. yeah, or a car, the car payment for the Mustang you, that you bought straight out of fucking boot camp because you're a jackass, uh, <laughs> you know, and then it's gonna you're gonna right. sell it on the lemon lot when you get deployed. <laughs> but you know, like. There's just no real like transition when because when you get out, it's like getting kicked out of your house at 15. Like you're just alone in the world and you have no fucking clue what you're about to get into. And you have to start all over from scratch. And like TJ said, you know, you're sitting there and you're dealing with all these people and you we have a certain mannerism and the way we conduct ourselves and it is nothing like the civilian world. Right, 99% yeah. of the time. Unless you're in the Air Force, then it might be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. Well, so there's a good, the good example is that so whenever you get out is, and I know it's changed a lot since whenever me and Derek got out, but 
they you go through a thing called seps and taps, right? So it's like separations and whatever the fuck tap stands for. But they uh, tap dancing uh, transition assistance something program. Pro- Thank you, assistance program. That's what it is. Uh, anyway, so that's where they kind of teach you how to be a real boy again. But I had to go through it like three times because they have uh, like a psychologist there and they, they do a little fucking tricks with you. They're like, hey, all right, so get this piece of paper out and I want you to draw a pig. And so I raise my hand and I'm like, so what, like, what do you mean? Like a pig? I'm like, well, when I say a pig, just whatever you think of. So I'm like, okay. So I drew my little picture and she's like going around having everybody show their pig. And she's like, okay, so if you have, if your pig has four legs in the picture, then you're this kind of person. You're this kind of a thinker. If the pig that you drew only has two legs, then you think like this. If the pig's tail is real short, then you think like this. If it's long, you think like this. So I drew, because I'm a fucking piece of shit, I drew like a slice of bacon that was sizzling, you know? <laughs> and so I raised my hand and I was like, so what does mine mean? And she's like, that means you're fucked. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Roger that, you know? And so they, <laughs> so they, really they tell us though. I thought you were going to say you drew a penis. No, yeah. Well, I, I expected somebody to draw a cop. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's the first thing that came into my head is like, I would draw a fuck cop. Yeah. 100%. But uh, anyway, so they were, she kind of talks to everybody like separately. Like, so you had like tables, right? Like tables of five that there's like five tables of five people. Right. And she go, you know, each table individually and talk to them like about their drawing and stuff and like what they should do. Like they also, you had to write down like what your plan was when you got out. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to go to college, if you want to get a job at, you know, an oil field or whatever the fuck or law enforcement, that was a big one coming out of the military. Um, And, so she asked me, I was like, I have no fucking clue, to be honest with you. And she's like, well, that's good because you, whatever you really want to do, like whatever your dream job is, I want you to write that down as your fifth job. So I want you to do four other jobs before you even attempt to do the job you actually want. And I was like, okay, like that doesn't really make sense to me. And she was like, well, we call those jobby jobs because they're just, they're not, they're jobs, but they're not like careers. Right. And I was right. like, Okay, so like, what's the purpose of that? And she's like, because you're going to get fired from at least three of those places. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of fucked up. And she was like, no, you're kind of fucked up. Like, that's why you're going to get fired. And I was like, no, good point. All right. And to be honest, like, she wasn't fucking wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, makes kind of makes sense like in the whole grand scheme of things well, like i, yeah, I guess i kind of get it you know going from active duty marine corps to the civilian world like you just you can't be and act the way you do like on active duty and act like, act that way in the civilian world because like i said like people don't respond the same way like i can't be like hey motherfucker get your shit right you know bitch i told you like you're going to get fired you can't make, you can't make jokes about your sex assault class in the real world, like we. All right, so here's well, I mean, a good example. Can, here's a good example. I, you know, what? I, I had a specific job that I'm not going to name, uh, but anyway, I was <laughs> I made a joke and it was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and look, hey, I don't have anything against gay people at all. I just think comedy is comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I have actually, I have a lot of gay, I have a lot of gay friends that like I really appreciate because they're fucking awesome people. But, uh, so I made a gay joke and my boss was like, Hey, like you can't be fucking making gay jokes and shit here. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, 
gay jokes aren't funny. I mean, come on, guys. And he was like, no, seriously, stop it, dude. And I was like, you know, I'd make another one, but fuck it. And he was like, he was like go home. And I was like, what? And he was like, get the fuck out of it, go home. And I was like, oh, god damn it. Okay. <laughs> but it's just comedy, man. It's just that's the way I, we think. That's the way we function. I just, yeah. You never People miss an opportunity for a good joke. Dude. Like, I I say this so much, especially, like, when I'm teaching and shit like that out in the field. Like, listen, I take my job serious. I do not take myself serious. Like, I don't. Right. So I am going to be the dude that's going to do the fucked up joke or I'm going to be a little bit of a fucking asshole to you because that's who I am. And Jesus fucking Christ, the jobs that we do suck. Like, they suck. People hate you. People are assholes people don't like you if you can't find some sort of comedy in it then go do something else because this job will eat you fucking alive and that's it i mean seriously guys like it's funny like it's funny like i've been lucky in the whole law enforcement thing like i've been lucky like i really have i haven't dealt with super crazy shit where i thought i was gonna die like, don't get me wrong. I have been in situations where I was like, oh, fuck, well, this is how it ends. Like, I have been in some of those situations. But, like, in the whole grand scheme of things, like, I haven't been in that fuck it's me or you type situation yet. You know? And I say yet. I I look back at the shit that I did with CPS, and I can 99% say I have more fucking trauma and shit that I deal with from my CPS job is than what I do with law. I was a, that's actually like what I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about is yeah. just I, I absolutely figured that would be the one to get you more than the law enforcement. You know, like here here's the thing. So one I I do a kind of speech like so when I was I don't know I want to say three or four years into doing CPS job like. I mean, I, I know you guys have never seen me in real life. I'm a pretty big guy, right? Been a pretty big guy for a long time, right? I just, just who I am. I was in a situation where I was doing an assessment on a family that was a, that was a DV situation, right? And um, basically what happened was, as I'm talking to this, uh, this mom in the house, like, Husband comes home and he's fucking, he's pissed. He's irate that she's talking to me and all this stuff. And he gets in her face and starts pushing her and and all this shit, right? And it gets to the point where he's getting super aggressive, very aggressive. And again, I'm a big guy. And I kind of walk towards him. And then out of nowhere, he grabs, I don't know. I can't remember if he grabbed something. I honestly, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he did something and he fucking hit her, like nailed her. And I, you know what? There's not enough therapy to deal with like all the fucking shit that goes through my mind with this. But it, like, I decided to go call 911. Like I, I, I went out the door, called 911. Cause I felt, I was like, I need to get a cop here. Cause like if I interject and he fucking kills me, then we're both dead. Right. So, like, I I walked to the door and I called the cop and he turned and came towards me and I just took a step outside the door and just waited for him to come outside because I figured 
that's what I'm going to do. But so I was on the phone with a cop as he was coming to the scene. He ended up getting to the scene. Uh, he goes into the house like I'm I'm doing everything I can. I'm like, hey, this is what the house looks like. This is where I think they are. I can hear them going down the hallway right now. She's screaming. You better hurry up, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then when the cop ended up getting there, the cop went into the door and went into the back bedroom. And I mean, she was almost dead. Like he he was on top of her, strangled her, like had his hands around her throat. Like she was almost dead. Cop ended up getting him, pulling him off, all this stuff, right? So like, like I've never felt like more of a bitch before in my life. Right. Like every fucking day I question that thing. Every, like I tell this story to so many people and I tell people do the same thing that I did. And, and then I just preface it with understand that you're going to feel like a giant piece of shit for the rest of your fucking life. Like for the rest, like I feel like the yeah. biggest bitch now, obviously like, I mean, like, do I know if the outcome would have been different? Do I know if she would have never gotten to that position? Do I know if any of that shit would have happened? I, I don't fucking know that. I know that I'm a big dude. I know that I fought before. I know that I probably could have took this guy. I probably could have took him away from her and probably prevented it. I, 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 I think that I could. Like now that I've been in law enforcement, I know exactly what I would have done, you know, but like me being a 27 year old kid that was doing this job or 28 year old kid, whatever it was doing that job. Like I felt like I was doing the right thing. And ever since that time, I felt like the biggest giant fucking pussy that you could ever see. And I still, to this day, every day I wake up and I was like, wow, you're a fucking bitch. You are a fucking bitch. I, and so like, it's funny because when I talked when I talk to people about like trauma and shit like that, like I don't have the suicidal thing. Like that's right. never been, that's never been my thing. Like it's su like suicide has never crept into my mind, but like the, you suck. Like you've made so many fucking mistakes. Like people have been hurt. Like the idea that there are kids that might be dead because of decisions that I made like, I know that I went out and investigated a child abuse claim on one family. And then like a month later, one of the kids ended up dying. Like that shit, like that shit's fucked my world up. Like a hundred percent fucked my world up. You know what I mean? So like, like the law enforcement thing, like to this point, hasn't, it hasn't really been the same type of trauma as what that is. I mean, obviously it's like with, like with what you've talked about with EMTs and stuff, Derek, like I've gone out and seen like shitty, shitty stuff, <laughs> you know, right. like I've done CPR on people. And every time I press down, blood just squirted out and I'm just like, okay, well she's dead. Like, yeah. there's no I don't know why I'm doing this. Right. You know, and that stuff hasn't really bothered me. And even the fights, the threats, the, I'm going to kill your family, blah, 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 blah. Like that stuff, like that stuff is, messed with me a little bit to where I'm not really the same person as I was, but in the whole grand scheme of things like that shit doesn't bother me, but like it's, it's the shit that I've done or decisions that I've made in which shit did not go the right way. Or like you sit there and question yourself forever after that. Like that's the shit that has always fucked with me. Yeah, Because and hindsight's always 2020, 20, you know, you can sit there well, and second yeah. guess everything you do. And especially when you're looking at such a, like, a innocent uh, and, like, helpless. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, group and kids right. and then, you know, women and, you know, I'm sure men even too, but, you know, you're just looking at people that are in a helpless situation and you're trying to do the best you can, but there's only X amount you can do. Right. And it sucks. Well, I mean, the, the whole Monday morning quarterback thing, like it, it's always pissed me off, but it, I think it's always like, I've always been, really critical on Monday morning quarterbacks because I fucking, I've done it to myself my whole life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you just, you sit back. I mean, seriously, that DB thing, that, that, that situation alone, I can tell you has like EAP. I like doing fucking therapy, like forced into therapy and shit like that for that stuff. Like, I'll, I'll question that the rest of my life. And I'll always think that I did the wrong thing, even though I'm trained to tell people to do it the, the way that I did it. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, like looking at it from like the outside in, I mean, I think that's the right decision. That's the, the decision you're supposed to make. But when you're in that situation, I'm just like you, man. Like there are situations that I can look back on and I'm like, I could have done something like I know for a fact right what I'm capable of, I could have helped prevent this. And, you know, there's shit I right. could have done. And it's fucking super hard to do. And like you said, it's the Monday morning quarterback thing. And when we're so critical of ourselves, that's almost ten times worse. Well, it is. I'd ten times rather somebody else judge me than me judge me. Right. Well, I, I, I love it when people judge me because then I get on the defense for myself. Right. You don't fucking know. You weren't fucking there. You don't understand this shit. But when, but like the shit part about it is when people judge you and they bring up things like even when you're like, no, that's not how it was going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. You sit back afterwards and think, well, fuck, how how bad did I fuck this up? You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like that's always been my thing. And like, I, I don't know. You know, I I. I I'm pretty fucking lucky because I have a wife that deals with my shit in ways that I don't know how she does it. Cause uh, I mean, I'm an asshole. Like I am when I'm in that, when I'm in those moods, like I don't talk, I don't, I don't, sh I don't do shit. And for whatever reason, like she's, she's put up with my shit for a long freaking time now. So I've been lucky with that stuff. Uh, but like, like I, I always struggle with the suicide piece because like throughout everything that I've, that I've, questioned i i don't know if suicide has ever creeped in there like i don't know if that's ever been my thing but my thing is just i i mean i know everybody says that their own they're their own worst enemy and shit like that like i get right. that but like i mean i wake up on a daily basis like with friends that have committed suicide with friends that have they've done that i mean i beat the shit out of myself with that stuff just like oh, what did you not do you know, what did you not do? Like you're, and like, I, I, it's hard for me to explain how that shit even affects me. Like it, it really is. Like I just go into a dark place where I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to interact with people. Right. I'm, I do my best to be a complete asshole to as many people as I can. Just like, leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to deal with you. Like, I think that's, like my yeah, it's like biggest push issue. People, push people away so they don't get hurt kind of thing. Right. Well, yeah. You know, and like I tell my wife all the time, like, I don't want friends. Like I'm okay alone. Like I don't, like, I don't, 
I have I have a group I have a very small group of people that deal with me that put up with me and I like them I don't need to make other people I don't I don't want to know other people like I often tell people like hey you're an acquaintance like you're a person that I've met that if we're in the same vicinity like we'll talk but there's never been a time where I thought hey I would love to call you and go hang out like I mean I'm point blank with a lot of people on that you know on that though, humans are social creatures. You need people, right? You need like human interaction. Right. You need just some affection, whether you know it's a spouse or just friends. Like that's right. that's something that that's just how we operate. Where we don't. Have you ever seen the movie Castaway? Yeah. Well, yeah. Some something about a dude like yeah. getting stranded from a plane and he ends up fucking a volleyball or some weird shit. I don't know, but like, <laughs> you need friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. You know, and like my 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 thing with that is I fucking socialize all day every day for every one of my jobs. Like that. That's right. that's my thing. Like like when I'm when I'm doing my UNL job whether I'm training or I'm out in the field or whatever like I'm socializing right and when I'm a cop obviously I'm socializing when I'm doing personal training I'm at the gym I'm socializing like I in like when I go home like yeah don't get me wrong I I still like hanging out with the kids playing with the kids like that kind of shit but you know if somebody calls me and it's like hey you want to go have a beer I'm like no nah, I'm good so it's I suck at I, 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 I suck at that. Like I, I there's times where I'm like, Jesus Christ, go have a beer with him. Like I'm sure Brandon probably thinks that. Like Brandon, I'm sure there's been many times where Brandon's like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Uh I got shit to do. Bro, so you have so you have kids, right? Way, bro. I was gonna yeah, ask, I got two kids. I was gonna ask you this earlier. All right, so that's something I want to touch on also is everything fucking hits different once you're a father. Or a mother, you know, once you have kids. Because I could watch movies and all kinds of fucked up shit could happen. I'm like, that that sucks for those guys, you know. But now that I have kids, like, it just fucking hits different. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's terrible. You know what I mean? So pretty much what I'm trying to say is having kids turn me into a big old pussy. (laughs) You you find your you you find yourself holding back tears for shit yeah. like that you that ever would have before. Yeah. I'm not yeah, crying. Like, I'm just watching so intensely that my eyes are sweating like, a little bit. Like, Fuck off. Yeah. What the? Yeah, it's like my eyes are sweating. It's like, just this fucking shitty ass Disney movie. God damn it. Yeah, right. Right. No, I honestly yes, I I agree with that. Like shit is different when like. Like, when I started doing, like, CPS work, like, I didn't have kids or anything like that. Like, we were trying to have kids. We weren't succeeding very well, but we were trying and shit like that. So, like, it everything's fucking different with kids. Oh, yeah, definitely. You just look at everything a little bit different. Yeah. 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 Hell, yeah. Uh, That's for sure. I'm going to go back because I wanted to talk about it because it's, you know, we're mental health kind of. We suck at it, but we... Uh, I wanted to talk about the, you had the chance with the kids behavioral health unit thing. I just wanted to like yeah. see what you kind of like picked up on as like some of the biggest changes you've seen just from then and like to today in what you're, you've seen with kids mental health. I know numbers you and you may know probably better than me, but I know numbers for like kids with mental health. 
uh, disorders is like doubling every year or some shit. Right. I so I honestly like this is more this is more my opinion than it is anything, but I like I I I feel like especially in Nebraska, like things are failing quite a bit because everything is so focused on outpatient therapy. Kids need to be out in the public, blah blah. Don't get me wrong, yes. Like it's like TJ said, like we're sociable people. We need to be out in social activities, social settings and stuff like that. But this has always been my opinion. I, I'm not a fan of therapy and I know a lot of therapists that are, if they watch this, they're going to be pissed. I think therapy is nine times out of 10, a load of shit. Like I just do because therapy is only as good as what people put into it. And the, the thing that I've seen and, I, I, I go back to myself because I can I can tell you like all of the therapy that I've gone to, I don't know if any of it really worked. I don't know if I've ever felt good after like my last session with a therapist. Like I, I don't know if I've ever felt like I've made gains. So therapy has always been a difficult thing with me. But so the thing that I've learned with kids is kids are very untrusting of adults, especially now for whatever reason, in my experiences, kids just, I mean, you guys know when you were younger, your parents didn't know shit. I think it's 10 times worse now because kids have so much knowledge or things at their hand, whether it be social media to Google to whatever, they think that they just have the answers to so much shit anymore that trying to handle some things on an outpatient basis where you're seeing a therapist once a week or twice a week with, and then feeding them whatever medications that you can feed them to help with those things. And then putting them back out into the public with that was causing all the stress, whether it be school or social media, letting them have access to all of the things that were probably causing the issues in the first place. And they constantly have those same things like I, I struggle with a lot of that stuff. Like I just, I, it seems like I see the same kids making the same decisions like over and over again when it comes to mental health and, and things like that. And dude, it's harder for kids now. Like social media is a real freaking thing. Like social media bullying, like don't get me wrong. Like the whole, I, I, I still struggle with the words can hurt. Like I, I still struggle with that. Cause if people right. say that I'm a piece of shit or all this stuff, I don't like, I've never been able to be like, Oh God, you know, I've never struggled with that. Like if you punch me, I'll hurt. If you call me, I'm a jerk an asshole, a fucker or a piece of shit, like all that stuff, like that doesn't hurt me. I, so do you think that's care. because we, we got trained or kind of taught how to deal with that as kids? I, I I think we were desensualized, I guess, because we didn't have that avenue. Like people would call you names at recess or something like that, but then it stopped. You know what I mean? Like you didn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't nonstop, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever else. Like I, I think you had that avenue where it stopped and you could get away from it. But I, 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 
in my opinion, like I think things get diagnosed too quickly and too easily. Right. I think they they search for they search for a diagnosis so they can give medicate med, medicine and whatever else to that kid, and then and then I, I everything's just so focused on outpatient. Like go see a therapist a couple times a week and things will be better. And I mean, let's be honest. I, I mean that's not always going to work and that some people it might, but most people, I just don't think it does. Yeah. I think we fell so fucking far behind the bus in like the mental health crisis that we're in that now they're trying to just like diagnose shit quick as they can to like make up for the fact that they've completely fucked it up for the last God, you know, how many years? Well, I, 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 I just, sorry. I, I just want to touch ahead. on something real quick. So, Speaking of like pushing medication, I'm assuming you're probably talking about like uh, ADHD medicine is probably one of the most common ones for kids. TJ, TJ's, I, I, I've seen eight year olds and nine year olds diagnosed with like bipolar. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Well, like, I, I just want to, I just want to point out that um, apparently ADHD medicine will shrink your penis, and if <laughs> if my children are anything like me, then they don't need that. So I'm sure as fuck not going <laughs> to let them get prescribed ADHD medication when they're young because then they're going to be royally fucked. But yeah, they're going to be even I mean, further behind the eight ball yeah. than I was. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I guess I need to question my parents on if they yeah. fed me ADHD medication. Yeah, like, yeah, younger. like why does my penis look like a nipple? I just want to know. What? Why is my penis so small, Dad? What? Like, what the fuck? This is your fault. You had you were feeding me ADHD meds this whole time, giving me all that Ritalin and shit. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not trying to get sidetracked here. I just wanted to point that out. So, yeah, just well, let that be known. Like, all right. I was gonna say. I think it seems like uh, kids are being forced to grow up ten times quicker now, too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that. yeah. The, like it seems like society is putting so much like emphasis on younger kids to like be a change. And it's like, dude, let a kid be a kid. Like that what what's I can't whatever the the sixteen year old girl from whatever country she was at that was talking about climate change. Yeah. Like, why are we why are we giving her a platform? Like 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 not not that what she says is bad or good or anything, whether you agree with it or not, you're putting a 16 year old or 15 or whatever, however old she was, you're putting her in a situation in which millions upon millions of people are going to attack her. Why would you ever put that on a fucking 16 year old? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, Jesus Christ. It's like this, uh, the, well, you know, my, uh, God damn, my niece, is uh, Miss Nebraska's outstanding teen? Um, so where does she, she get her looks at? Not for me. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck it came from. But she. Uh, I'm sorry. That was an unfair realization. That if you're a Miss Teen, you obviously have to be pretty. So that, yeah, that was my whatever. fault. She, I kind of say, listen. I, I kind of. I kind of take offense to that also because apparently Derek and I look so look similar that similar. our. That our families can't even tell us apart. So, um, okay. With all the respect, Chody, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Chode, go fuck yourself with your Chode. Yeah. 
But uh, they were one of the questions that they asked at the like Miss Nebraska competition or whatever was like, why do you, or do you think it's important for teens or the kids to have a political opinion or, or like, do you think it's important that they be a part of their community and making a change in their community? And I'm just like, I don't even think that's like fair to put on kids. Like, a the last thing you want, like, I will keep my kids out of politics as long as I can from even having to deal with it. They shouldn't have to, for one. It's right. just right. bullshit lies and it's politics. I mean, it, it's absolutely insane. But two, why are we sitting here and ask, asking for our teenage and younger kids to be making the change in the community that we should be doing? Right, right. Like well, we're supposed you, to help you, them, not them help us. There, the, you, you hear the argument so much, like, well, it's their future, so they have to have say in it. It's like, no, that's our fucking responsibility. Like, I do not expect my daughter or my son to have a a idea of how to better their future. That's that's my fucking job. Like I need to ensure that they have a better future. So why are we trying to put that emphasis on kids? Yeah, why are we putting decisions? it on our kids to fucking make those decisions? You know, so, so what? this is just my opinion, but like as a parent, it is your responsibility to teach your kids and prepare them for the real world. The hard part about that though is, is so my parents are older for like, so like, I think my mom was almost 40 when she had me. I was in an accident and they still regret it. But anyway, um, the whole point of that is like the world that they were trying to prepare me for that they know is completely different than the world that I'm living in now as an adult. Right. Right. Because things are right. way fucking different. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's your responsibility as a parent to prepare your kids for how the real world really is, but you also need to, you know, let them know, like, hey, this is just pretty much just how to be a good person and, like, what's really important, like, morals and ethics. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And then yeah. let them let them make their own decisions once they are old enough to, like, form their own opinions of it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's right. it's super hard because, like, I, you know, I'm kind of like how I do everything. I do this podcast or fucking my parenting style. I just kind of wing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But because yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, I don't know if y'all. Maybe you guys fucking got it down. I sure as fuck don't. Nope. If you do, like, sure don't. send me notes, I, man. Like, but dude, uh, I, I, I'm I'm supposed to be an expert in like family functioning and child functioning and all this stuff. Like, I'm supposed to go into houses and tell them what they're doing wrong or right or and all this stuff or teach people how to acknowledge that stuff. And I still remember the first freaking night that my kid came home. The first thing that I did was like, mom. Like, mom, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is, this is bullshit. Like, you need to come over, you know, like, dude, you're, you make it up as you go the whole time. Oh, yeah. You, oh, like, the whole, the whole time you're, the whole time you're just like, God, I hope I'm not screwing them up as bad as I am. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's every day. So, yeah, dude, like, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm super impressed with like my parents and stuff. You know, my dad and everything, like, the way I was raised, like, I thought this dude fucking, knew everything you know what i'm saying like i'm pretty sure like he was the smartest man alive the strongest man alive 
all this shit, you know. And now that mm-hmm. that I'm grown up and I have kids of my own, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Like, was my dad just fucking winging it? Because if he was, like, that's even more impressive, honestly, than actually yeah. knowing what the fuck is going on. Because right. this shit's fucking tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like, insane. Yeah. Like, like, I don't feel like that I'm like in the same mental capacity as my dad was. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think it just right. becomes a being a dad thing. I think you become a bullshitter. Hey, no, that, oh. that's a fact though. That's why I'm so good at like just stupid ass fucking jokes, like dad jokes. But they're not really dad jokes because they're pretty like vulgar. But they're pretty funny. It's it's like the <laughs> vulgar version of dad jokes. It'd be like dad jokes if you're an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if your kids are adults. Are PG thirteen more than dive into the R rated? Yeah, dive it in. All right, let's let's be honest. Thirteen year olds have seen it all. So yeah, PG thirteen at this point, point in life, all, yeah. You know. Yeah, dude, I can't wait until my son's like 13. I'm like, bro, like, hey, the fuck, uh, fuck's a clitoris. <laughs> I thought it was a dinosaur this whole time, you know? All I know so is your mom bitch. kept telling me I could never find it. The, 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 clit- yeah. the clitosaurus, aren't those extinct? <laughs> those are very extinct. <laughs> Been extinct. They, they don't all extinct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! But so we can. Uh, oh God! So we'll dive into one last uh, kind of area. Uh, we've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but you were talking about your wife puts up with your bullshit, and you don't know how she does it. But like, how do you deal with your bullshit? Like, other than the seclusion thing, like, what's kind of your uh, method for? dealing with it like we me and tj have talked a million times we we have dark humor you know coping mechanisms that's it dude i i mean it's i i know i this is so cliche like i i'm i'm going to hit on that but honestly i have to find a way to decompress and the gym has always been my thing like if I miss if I miss going to the gym a couple days, like I'm an asshole. Like you can tell that it started hitting me. But honestly, like that's one thing that I utilize. Like I, I have to I have to get it out that way. I think the other thing that I that I have had to do is I have to find a way to shut off the brain and not think. Like that that's I. I it's like a catch 22 with me because like I, like I said, I, I kind of, I play that loner role. Like I don't want to interact with people. I try and stay away from people, blah, 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 blah. But the problem that I have with that is every time that I do that, I get lost in my thoughts, you know? And then you just start right. like once, once I'm sitting there and if I'm not doing something or if I'm not focusing on something else, once my brain starts, like it hits like a freaking sledgehammer to where, I start questioning everything, like every fucking decision that I've ever made that it's a, that has affected myself or my family or somebody, I, I start tearing apart and that's when I start getting into a deep, dark hole. Right. So video games, honestly, like I am, I, I, I am going to be that fucking 80 year old dude that is playing some sort of video game because I have to lose myself in something. Like I have to be able to do something to where I am thinking about anything else than a day-to-day basis type thing. So like video games, uh, I, I try to, 
like go out and make shit with wood and stuff like that. Like I, I have to find a way to do anything to keep my brain from just sitting silently. Cause once it does, I, I'm done. Like it's, it's done. Like it's over. So I think the gym, uh, uh, honestly, uh, some of the best times where I was not fucking myself up was when we were doing Call of Duty and shit during COVID. Like, that was a blessing in disguise for a little while for me. Like, just being able to get on. I guess sometimes I am an extrovert, and apparently it's over a video game is when I've done it. But Yeah, that's the best time, man. Like, I, I enjoyed that because it was easy to just get lost in that and not have to think about anything else. So... Those are my things. Like, I I mean, hanging out with my kids, obviously, like that kind of stuff helps a ton. Like being able to hang out with my wife, like from time to time is awesome. It doesn't happen very often anymore. But like trying to find those times where where I can just focus on anything else but myself is like probably the, the thing that I've learned that's helped the most for me. So you can kind of always tell when I don't get the time to do the stuff that I need to. Like, I'm sure if you talk to my wife or my kids, they probably tell you, eh, dad's in a bad place right now. <laughs> so I think that's the thing I found that works. You know, you say it's a cliche, but that's actually like, that's a proven fact though. Like going to the gym, working out, it releases oh, dopamines yeah. and those are the feel good yep. hormones. You know what I'm saying? So yep. if you're, yep. if you're in a bad place and you go work out and you start getting really sore. That's the body's way of like fighting pain or, you know, going for a run, which I know a lot of people who, who don't run are like, yeah, fuck that. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I fucking hate running. Um, I'm, but, I'm that person. But I'll tell you though, like going on a good fucking long run where you actually, I'm not talking like a light jog where you never get winded. I'm talking about actually pushing yourself and running like to the point where, you're like, fuck, I just can't do this anymore. And just keep pushing a little bit past that. You are going to feel way fucking better afterwards. So and that that's a thing. So like, that's why I say it's not really a cliche. Like that's a, like that's a fact. Right. Right. Like, so about, I want to say, I think we're going on about four years ago. So four years ago, I met a, met a guy actually through my wife's hairdresser at the time, but well, Mike, or Derek, you know, Mike from yeah. like war zone and shit like that. So I, I met Mike and I started working out with him. He's ex military. He's a Marine. Um, like dude, we're so fucking similar. It's crazy. And that has helped me a ton at the gym. Like just having that other person to where like we literally, it's, it's like, it's like TJ said, like we go to exhaustion. Like I will fucking push myself and I like it's awesome because we're trying to one up each other. And by the time we're done, like we're done, and it's it's a great fucking feeling. It feels great. I I mean I used to power lift, and obviously I can't do that shit anymore. I'm broken beyond repair. But like really just good. being able to get into oh dude, yeah. Why well, I'm not broken like you, but I I'm probably a close second maybe. <laughs> but like. Like just being able to get in there and have somebody that'll push me to probably places that I might not go by myself. Like it's nice to have that. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a great thing to have. It's, it's good to have motivation in the gym. And, uh, that's been my fucking biggest struggle, man. I, I've got zero testosterone. So 
my my like drive to get down to the gym is just nothing. I'm like, you know what sounds great right now? A fucking nap. Because I'm yeah. old and fucking apparently just my body said, yep, yeah, no more testosterone for you. Right. Uh, well, you know, like that's my thing is I, I mean, I, I think probably other thing now that I think about it, the other thing that I've done is I keep my freaking plate so busy. Like my plate's full on a day to day basis. Like I'm up by four o'clock in the morning so that I can go train in the morning. I come home, shower and start my UNL job and do that. And then after I'm done with my UNL job, I go home and I go to the gym again, you know? And then, I mean, there's days where I get done with my UNL job and change clothes and go work at the County for another 12 hours, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I keep my plate as full as possible because like, I, I know like my family has history of, of mental health. My mom has a lot of mental health issues, depression, manic depression, stuff like that. My sister's the same way. Like I could say they probably won't ever watch this. Like I know that there's times where both of them have probably been close to not being here, you know? So like I've, I've had that, that aspect of my life, I guess in there the whole time. And I mean, I know I, like I said, I don't know if what I have is depression. I don't know if what I have is like PTSD. I don't know what, what somebody diagnoses it as. I just know that like, I, I, I feel like, the whole we beat up on ourselves the most i feel like i take that to a, just a different level i'm sure other people can relate to that but like like if i'm if i'm lost in my own thoughts then like i go in a dark hole that's just not cool so, so, do, I, uh, look, so do i look i'm i'm not a doctor or anything but i've talked to a lot of those motherfuckers who have degrees who State try to tell me what the fuck my problem is but stayed at a holiday Inn express once they hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh those those are the fuckers that leave the lights on. That's Motel yeah, Six. Uh, no. Well, fuck it, whatever. Maybe not. So anyway, sorry. My bad. They, uh, so when you're talking about like depression and anxiety, those are actually symptoms of PTSD. So to me, it sounds like that you do have PTSD. It's just you haven't really been diagnosed with that because like anxiety, depression, hypervigilance, stuff like that, which is all things that you've talked about tonight. Um, right. That's those are all symptoms of PTSD. Which makes that sense. Being we, said, we, we, you're going to be our first diagnosis on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, we are you're welcome. We're officially diagnosing you with PTSD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Yep. So I mean, uh, take that in. I All right. I appreciate right, the conf- confirmation. Go ahead. Go ahead and email your senator <laughs> and tell them that TJ from the Forever Broken Podcast has diagnosed you with PTSD because of your service to the state, and you should receive some sort of compensation. Yeah, you should get yeah, some sort like of uh, compensation. Yep. yep. I like that. Yeah. But uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. hit me up next week, and I will teach you how to contact people about their cars extending the warranties. It's always good to have a person like TJ in the, in the group that can just help you with everything. Yeah, he's great. He's, he comes around in a clutch for pretty much everything that you need in life. Um, there you go. Everything but nothing at the same time. <laughs> yes, everything and nothing all at the same time. It's great. Uh, that yeah. being said, TJ, do you have any more uh, questions for Cody? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have a few. So, when you were doing the CPS thing, are you still doing that, or has that been? So, so I train CPS workers now. So, like, okay. I teach them how to do their job now. 
So I'm, a, I'm on a different aspect, but see, like I do it out in the field. So like, I'm still out in the field with them. Right. Um, it's kind of cool because I get to do everything, but all the paperwork. So this is really nice. kind of a nice job in that aspect is like, I get to do like all the interactions and, and, you know, tell them what they did right or wrong or anything like that. And then I don't have to do the paperwork, but like I do classroom training, uh, and then train them out in the field. And then, like I said, I'm still working on like contracts to, to try and help law enforcement because believe it or not, there's not a whole lot of training for law enforcement and like victim interviewing or anything like right. that. Like that does not happen very often. You're either good at it or you're not. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, another question I had, you, you kept saying um, UNL. Is that like the University of Nebraska in Lincoln or what, what is UNL? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I work, I work for the University, University of Nebraska in Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just for one of their branches. Well, so on that yeah. note, though, so week three in college football is going to be Nebraska versus OU. So that should be oh, interesting. Dude. Buddy, I'm a Wildcat. So Kansas State? Is that what, I mean, is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. 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 Are you, yeah they, so, all right, listen. They, hey, uh, I'm going to retract my <laughs> previous diagnosis of PTSD. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that you may or may not be on the spectrum. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, no, we're not. I'm, 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 uh, we're not going to say what spectrum. I'm just, that's that's just not I mean, politically correct. But I mean, it's okay. Full spectrum. It's okay. It's okay. We all, <laughs> we all have to go somewhere. <laughs> well, fuck. That kind of fucked up my other idea. I'm going to do it anyways. I think that we should get on the Facebook page and I want to take bets, right, of the Nebraska OU game in week three. And whoever comes the closest to the final score, we give them a free shirt. Hey, let's let's wait and see what Nebraska does tomorrow before we even come close to that. <laughs> Dude, OU this year, man, we got a new coach, like fucking pretty much a whole new coaching staff. All new. We have a new quarterback. We have new fucking everybody. Like we're, who knows what the fuck's gonna happen to OU this year? I mean, I you're self handicapping, and that's fine. Like I, I get it, but like it's OU, dude. Like you still have the same recruitment base. You're still pulling the same kids. You're still pulling five stars from Texas. Like you, you're you're retooling, dude. Like, you're retooling. Like, that's all you're doing. You guys are probably <laughs> going to win the Big 12, just like you guys always do. You're probably going to be in the national championship search. Like, you're you're going to be right there because I mean, you guys have that. You're saying yeah, that, Nebraska though. Nebraska fucks up your dreams. And exactly, hey, here's right? The thing. Like, here's, here's the thing. K-State is going to have your number. This no, year. hey, that's, would, that's what I'm getting at, though, because K-State is always a fucking challenge. For, I mean, K-State. thank God we got rid of Lincoln Riley because that fucking guy, like, don't get me wrong, he's a great offensive mind, but that's all he is. He comes up with good plays here and there. Defensively, we've been so, fucking dog shit. Here, here's the thing. I want to ask you, do you think the move to the SEC is a good one for Oklahoma? Don't go, don't in, go in, by money in, in because a, I get it. It's gonna... In our current situation, fuck no. Now, granted, I, I – now that we have Venables as a head coach, but he's a head coach now, not just a defensive coordinator, which, you know, he was a defensive coordinator for OU for I don't remember how many years. But right now, I really don't fucking know, man. 
I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to struggle like Nebraska did in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I feel that. I feel that definitely. Because so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, no, Nebraska is different because Nebraska was pulling all of their recruits from fucking Texas, right? Like, Nebraska was pulling a lot of their recruits from Texas, and they could recruit Texas because they were playing Baylor and Texas Tech in Texas. So right. those kids' parents were always going to be able to see them play one way or the other, right? So when Nebraska moves away from the Big 12, now all of a sudden all those kids from Texas don't want to go to Nebraska anymore mm-hmm. because mom and dad aren't going to see any of their games like they were in the stadium or anything like that, right? So Nebraska lost a ton of recruitment from that point like from that situation. And that's why Nebraska went to the, to the shit. I don't care what anybody says. They weren't pulling the recruits that they could be before. And that's why they went down into the shithole. Like Texas and Oklahoma, I still think are, they're, they're still going to be able to pull recruits from where they were, but they ain't going to be pulling recruits that Alabama and Ole Miss and Georgia and all those guys, they're not going to be pulling from Alabama and Louisiana and Florida and stuff like that. They're, they're going to have to focus on, like Texas and stuff. Well, Man, so I don't know. We're, we're just going to wait and see pretty much is what that's yeah. going to be. Oh, because, yeah. 100%. So 100%. I will say like in the previous years, like I'll say like the last five years, we've missed out on a shit ton of great defensive recruits because we're in the Big 12. And they're all going right. to the SEC. So now that right. Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC, now all these defensive recruits and everybody that wants to play in the SEC because they're known for their defense, right? So right. now we're not going to have that, you know, that disadvantage, I guess, is what you'd call it. But being the new kids in town, we're going to have to approve ourselves, which is going right. to be very difficult. Again, I, like I said, since we have a whole new coaching staff and pretty much like everybody that we had last year that were all of our stars and shit as far as, you know, like quarterback and stuff like that goes. They're all fucking – even our backup quarterback said, Caleb Williams has gone to USC – uh, Spencer Rattler went to South Carolina. So we started off this year. We're going with um, Gabriel. Can't remember his that, – that fucking kid from uh, UCF. Okay. So, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, so – Go ahead. I mean, let's be honest, though. It all comes down to who's going to have the biggest pocketbook to pay NIL deals, right? I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to in right. the whole grand scheme of yeah. things anyway. And that sucks because it ain't be a- Oklahoma as a state has fucking shit to offer. Not a fucking thing, dude. Yeah, but Oklahoma as a university is one of the most storied universities. And that still goes. Like, like I think it's funny that Nebraska is still top three in NIL deals. Like, Nebraska is – providing more money to their freaking student athletes than almost every other college except for Alabama and Ohio State. Well, think about this, though. Like, what is Nebraska known for? Fucking corn. The f- corn and football. Like, yeah. that's it. Dude, corn, I mean, that's right? literally it. So We have nothing if, else. Think about beef. this, though. With Just with corn. <laughs> Hang on. Just with corn, though. They make fucking gasoline from corn. Right? Everybody needs oh, yeah. fuel. Everybody does, no matter what you do. Also, corn is one of the biggest products for livestock feed. Right? Yeah, and we've oh, got yeah. the best livestock no. in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of fucking money right there. No, there is. There, I like, I, I mean, I get it, but 
it, the the thing with Nebraska is they don't. I mean, it's like you said. What else do we got? We got corn and football. So, like, literally Husker football. There's nothing else. So, what is ninety nine percent of the state going to do? They're going to dedicate money to the university for football. Yeah, personally, you know? I don't see the appeal of Nebraska because, as far as I'm concerned, like this is just full of a bunch of fucking douchebags. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, don't, I don't have an argument for that. The only reason I'm here is because I was born here. Like that's really what it comes down to. You got, no, actually... you got no pony in this uh, <laughs> fight because you're a K State uh, fucking. Fan. Hey, listen. I was really expecting to get attacked for that. I was going to ask how you feel about the USC UCLA <laughs> thing like, coming over to the. Like, well, so so here's here's the thing. The only reason Nebraska took a second second tier is because Osborne retired when I was recruited. So. Uh, yeah, the they missed out on the chode, homie. <laughs> they missed out on the chody. Trust me, they did not miss out on much. <laughs> like, my college, my college career was over before it started. Hey, listen, so. three inches is three inches. No matter how you want to spin it, baby. What's up? <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> no, it, like the USC thing, like USC and UCLA, like that. So much like the SEC. And the ACC are together, like the Big Ten and the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve were together. So it's just, it's just, it's just a matter of time before like Oregon and some of Utah and some of those other places are going to go to the Big Ten. Like it's, it's just, it's the writing on the wall. It's just what it is. Like there's going to be two major conferences, and that's pretty much it. Like yeah. I think that's what it's going to come down to. So I still I, feel like it's the same draw as pulling in guys like Texas and Oklahoma. I don't, I mean, I don't know. History wise, it's pretty fucking close. Like USC is just, you know, pretty pretty darn close. Dude. All right. So quick little story here. A few years ago, I want a trip through Coors Light because, you know, I drink a lot of beer, but so I want a trip to go to the USC Coliseum to play flag football. I could take myself and 19 of my friends, and I don't have 19 friends, but I had, um, you know, my wife, a couple of my cousins, my brother, and some of his friends, and like a dude I worked with that uh, we all went out there to play flag, flag football. And it's in LA, and uh, we get out there to the Coliseum, and they leave us little jerseys or whatever, like our names on it and shit. And there's this really fucking tall cat standing there, like kind of smiling all funny and shit. And, there's like the lady that was like putting us up. She's like the Coors Light rep. And she's like, we have a big surprise for you guys today. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, so we walk into the locker room and here's this big fucking tall dude. And I'm like, man, you look familiar, but I don't fucking know who you are. And he's like, so what do you think about uh, like OU football this year? And this was the year, I think it was uh, Baker Mayfield when they went to the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, man, like hopefully they fucking can win a game. We'll see, you know, in the playoffs. And uh, come to find out it's fucking Matt Leinart. <laughs> who, who he he was uh for for those of you who don't know he was the uh, quarterback for USC I think it was like 2004 like he won the Heisman and uh, that's when they they also year they lost to Texas yeah but they uh, did they win the championship that year I don't remember I think they won they won the previous year right yeah and then yeah they yeah. lost to Texas the yeah, next year yeah so anyway once I found out who he was like we all just proceeded just to talk a lot of fucking shit to this dude right. And also, if y'all aren't college football fans, Matt Leinart is one of the uh, like sports broadcasters 
Like he's on like the TV every time you fucking watch a college football game. He's over there talking with his little headset on and shit. And um, I just thought it was really fucking funny because like all like there's just a bunch of fucking hillbillies over here from Oklahoma just talking shit to this fucking dude that stomped our ass, you know. But we're still gonna talk shit because fuck you. I I bet you he probably doesn't get that very often dude, either, though. He was. What? I bet you that was different for him. Man, honestly, like he was fucking cool as shit. <laughs> like I, I've heard I've heard a lot of stories. About, you know, everybody hears stories of, like, famous people, you know, because the dude, he was a fucking NFL quarterback for, like, four different professional football teams, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And oh, yeah. we just didn't give a fuck. Of course, we were drunk as shit the whole time because they gave us, like, all the beer you could drink, which was a mistake on their part. Light, yeah. They probably will never do that again, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time. They were like, how much money can we lose on this? Well, the yeah. funny thing about that was, like, half of the people that went with us weren't even drinking. Like, oh, so like, like I'll say a quarter of them the whole time, like they didn't drink any beer. They just smoked a lot of weed because, you know, we're in California and they just decriminalized it at this time. And then mm-hmm. I went there and I'm still trying to be like somewhat coherent so I can like control my people so we don't fucking all end up in federal prison. And right. so like, we're taking it slow. You know what I mean? But at the, at the end of the whole fucking trip, we're waiting to get on the bus to go back to the airport so we can fly home. And the Coors Light reps were like, hey, man, like we've never ever had a crowd like y'all that's drank this much beer and i was like you guys fucking serious i'm like we, we were taking it fucking easy dude and they're like are you like what like taking it easy I'm like, yeah like we were trying to be like good people you know like not being too fucked up and they're like we've never seen people drink like you fucking i'm like hey i'm like give me another chance I will show you what fucking people that drink what they fucking drink like. Next time, we won't hold back. Challenge accepted. Yeah, next time, bring me. Yeah, well, they, they stopped they, they stopped the whole program after that, actually. But I don't know why. You, you guys drink them out. <laughs> you fucking scared the shit out of them. Like, wait a second. We brought this dude in, and he said he took it easy on us? Like, fuck. We dude, we can't afford that whole fucking... Bro, that whole trip was such a Light. fucking shit show. So the day that we're supposed to fly out at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon from Oklahoma City to go to L.A., right? So, of course, my my cousin, he was a, a deployed overseas at the time. So his wife went with us on this trip. And, uh, you know, his wife, like I've known her pretty much my whole life, and she's good friends with my wife, so we brought her with us. And um, so she had one of her friends come pick her up and then pick us up and drive us to the airport. So before that happened, before they even picked us up, and we left at like fucking 11 o'clock in the morning, before that happened, I already had like a 12-pack of beer in me. So on the way to the airport, I got to take a piss, so we stop at a gas station, and I grab a few more tall boys. So we're drinking beers, going to the airport. We go to the airport, we all meet up at the bar, and then we go from the bar to our terminal, right? And one of my buddies, the one that I was sitting with my coworker that I brought with me, he gets kicked off the flight before we even get boarded. Jeez. I can't say what he what he said or did that got him kicked off the flight. But he gets kicked off, and then we get flown to LA, and the next morning he shows up like eight o'clock the next morning. And it was like th- that entire trip was just a fucking shit show, man. It was great. It was it was a great time. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Anyways, we're an hour and 16 in, and I know, Chody, you probably got shit to do because you're a busy guy. 
but we appreciate the hell out of you coming on here and fucking spin the yarn with us and bullshitting. Yeah, man, we do. We really appreciate it. This was awesome, dude. Like, yeah, this was a fucking blast. Awesome. I had a great time. Uh, we do our little call to action thing. Uh, you guys know the fucking spiel at this point. Uh, hit up the Facebook group, Never Broken Society of Misfits. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, yada, 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 wherever the hell you want to find us. We're probably there. Uh, I got to learn a lot this episode, so I had a lot of fun. It was good getting to like, hear some of your stories and get a lot little bit of like perspective into the world of child protective services and all that like i mean it was pretty eye-opening so that's what i got from it tj man i i thought it was really cool because all i know of cody because i don't play video games because i fucking suck at it but um trust me i do too yeah so all, all i know from from cody is you know from the Facebook page pretty much just posting memes or commenting on memes and stuff like that. And I thought it was really cool to have, uh, one of our, one of our own here on the show and get to know him and, and see like what, what his life's about too. Like we all deal with the same shit, you know, like every one of us are dealing with some sort of our own shit, if that makes sense. Right. But so to me, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but like I always say, reach out and touch somebody, somebody you serve with, somebody you work with, somebody that is always posting dank-ass memes, like I do, on Facebook. And um, if if you notice that they're not posting their dank-ass memes for a couple of weeks, and that's not usual of them, just send them a fucking message. Slide into their DMs and be like, hey, girl, what's up? You doing all right? You know? Because they, they just might right. need to talk to somebody. And most people aren't very open, you know, men especially, aren't very open with uh, just coming out and being like, hey, man, like I need help, which is what we're trying to get away from because if you need help, you need to ask for help. So reach out and touch somebody, hit them up, make sure they're doing all right. Cody? Yeah, I, I just want to reach out to you guys because there's been a couple times, I think, TJ, I think you've done this a couple times where you reached out, like it's like somebody – I know you don't believe in God, but somebody was fucking touching you to touch me. And you've sent out a couple DMs a couple times during some fucking shitty times in my life. So, dude, this this thing that you guys started is is badass, dude. Like, you guys have already fucking helped me through a couple dark little tunnels that I've been in. Like, it reached out literally on anniversaries of shit that, that I've been dealing with. And it's it's crazy how that's made a big difference already with me so like you guys are awesome like this thing's awesome i'm just happy to be a part of it like i just want to keep doing what i can do to help you guys out so i appreciate this yeah absolutely we'll have to have you come on for a drunken stories and we'll have a real good time which is now back on the fucking normal goddamn podcast i'm switching it back over getting those back on there uh so you guys can find us all in one convenient location you can thank TJ and his wisdom for that. Uh, I was the one that tried splitting it up. It was a bad idea. We're back now. Everything's going to be good and golden now. So until next week, though, uh, I love you guys. Reach out. Touch somebody. Uh, don't do it unless they uh, give you consent, apparently. But uh, God damn it, take care of yourselves. We love you guys. And until next time, we're out of here.